Welcome to the Mothering as Mothers podcast with Sherry and Natalie. I'm Natalie, birth doula and mother of five. And I'm Sherry, mother of three and author of the book Reback Queen. We've created this podcast to be a safe space for you. If you are a mother that struggles, we are here to embrace you and to show you that your feelings matter. From everyday parenting struggles like sleep deprivation or finding time for yourself to dealing with postnatal depression and birth trauma, we are here for you and we understand. We will listen to you and offer you the compassion and sympathy that society is oftentimes lacking. In this safe space, we discuss anything you need us to. If you have something in particular you'd like us to discuss, you can send us an email at motheringpodcast at gmail.com or send a direct message to either of us on Instagram. Our handles are at the sunshine doula underscore or at vback underscore queen. You can also visit our websites www.thesunshinedoula.uk or www.vback-queen.com. Tune in every month to listen to a new episode of Mothering as Mothers. We are Natalie and Sherry, and we are the women that will honor your feelings. Do you want to start? Like, and then I'll dive in with today's episode. No, you start. You start. And let's. So today's episode is going to be about the concept of mothering the mother, what it means, why we think it is important, and how we want to help you living it. So maybe you, Natalie, you could explain as a birth doula um, what mothering the mother actually means. Okay, so mothering the mother. It's about making sure that mothers are looked after and taken care of while they are trying to take care of this, this new life that they now have responsibility for and it's it's all sorts of things it can be from making sure that she's got a, a drink or that she's eaten I'm sure as you know um when you have a baby and those early days when you're you're breastfeeding and you're tired and you're all over the place and you you haven't eaten all day and you feel ill and dizzy and you don't know why and then someone says oh what did you have for lunch and you're like oh uh, nothing <laughs> I, I, nothing I didn't <laughs> so it's just like making sure that all the needs are met that the mum has eaten that she's you know had a drink that um, if she's in pain that's under control that she's able to sleep that if there are any chores around the house you can do um you do them so just basically whatever that mother needs making sure that those needs are met when would you say does mothering the mother start is it when you get pregnant or just after birth or even before that if you if you want to go and take it all the way back it's before because even in terms of conception you know it's it's can important hard, to have um, right so there are lots of things you can do um in regards to that and taking care of you know your nutrition and your mental well-being and all that kind of stuff before you even fall pregnant so that could easily come under kind of the umbrella of mothering the mother then during pregnancy obviously the mum is going to be tired her body's going to be changing She's going to have aches and pains, all sorts of things she, she may never have experienced. So I think mother and the mother definitely start before 
a woman is even pregnant and goes all the way through pregnancy and beyond we tend to think of you know the early days after you have a baby but yeah. actually you're always postpartum once you've had a baby like you've always had a baby so yeah. it can continue on for as, as long as a woman needs yeah sometimes i feel like pregnant women i treat it very well like something special once you give birth people just forget you it's all about the baby which is nice but <laughs> you know you just gave birth you're bleeding you're tired you're everything and people just yeah. people say you're not the first one to give birth <laughs> when someone tells me this i say yeah but i'm the first one to give birth to this child <laughs> right right <laughs> right because exactly because yeah others have done it but i have done it for the first time with this child yeah so. yeah no experience is ever the same i mean we could have both given birth and you know not had a cesarean and just you know had a, a vaginal birth but i'm pretty sure the experience for both of us would be very different if we explained it because everybody's different right. you know we all experience things differently so i think it's it you know it's so so important to remember that when a baby's born so is a mum she's just gone through this massive thing because you know let's be honest they call it labor for a reason it's hard work like it's tiring it's exhausting yeah. physically mentally emotionally and it can feel very much like right well you've done it now here's the baby you're discarding thanks it. for that <laughs> yeah now jump up and you know get back to work and yeah. um, can be quite a lonely time because you don't really want to say well, what about me yeah. but no one wants to say it so sad because you've done the whole job alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true as much as someone outside can help you know nobody carries the baby for you nobody can go through the labor for you nobody can take away the cracked painful nipples for you and that pinch when you start breastfeeding it's something that you experience and it's almost like people say well yeah but none of that matters because the baby's fine but what about mom maybe there are some mothers that no matter how their birth was they just carry on and they're fine but mm -hmm. maybe if you're a person that's very sensitive or even if you're not every birth be it a negative experience or a positive experience affected me deeply i wish there would have been someone to mother me emotionally yeah. not just yeah. it's it's great to have someone to be there and make you food and all it's amazing it's mm -hmm. but emotionally to acknowledge that i'm in pain or just i'm overwhelmed i think it's crucial and oftentimes not accepted absolutely we we have this narrative that you know you have to be strong and you have to just keep going and but actually there's nothing wrong with saying i'm really struggling today and sometimes you don't you don't even want anyone to fix anything you just want someone to hear you you just want someone to say well how are you you know baby's great but how are you how are you feeling you know how was your birth mm. how's breastfeeding going because just getting it off your chest sometimes is all you need you know there's not necessarily a quick fix but just being able to voice how you feel can make all the difference What about mothers that don't want to be mothers? What do you say? Or maybe you are such a mother too. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. that type. I find it very hard to ask for help because in my mind, it makes me weak. Or if I admit that I'm struggling because we're expected to just get on with it. And there's almost like a shame that comes with saying, I'm struggling, I'm overtired, I'm overwhelmed. So I think the way people got through to me was, like I wouldn't have responded well 
to phone calls or coming around and stuff like that. But just small gestures, like a text, like, are you okay? How are you feeling? Just opening that door and allowing me to be able to respond when I wanted to was really helpful for me. So I've had a C-section the first time and I had my husband with me, but I know second day I just got up and tried to do everything on my own. Nobody has asked mm -hmm. me to, but I was the same. Like I have to show them I'm I'm strong and I'm not weak and not believing that I that I actually need help and rest. <laughs> yeah. 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 Where do we get that from? That idea that, you know, a cesarean surgery, like it's massive. It's huge. And I don't think there's any other surgery someone would go through and we would expect them the next day no. to, to jump up and, you know, start cleaning and cooking. So why do we have that idea that this is strength to almost uh, hurt yourself? And who am I proving anyway? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Other people don't really care. I don't That's know. Why. Am I proving it to myself? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a it's a really good question to ask because a lot of the time, no one else is putting pressure on us. Okay, so maybe we'll move on. Um, it was International Women's Day and I thought we could take a moment to honor our mothers um, because I think it goes beautifully with our approach to mothering us mothers, right? So you've made a post on Instagram about your mother. Yeah. And I loved reading it. And uh, you honored her yes. and um, said or wrote that you wouldn't be the person you are today without her, even if she didn't have it easy. Do you mm -hmm. think she could have used a woman to mother her when she was a new young mom? Absolutely. My mom had her first child when she was 19. She didn't have any support. She found it very, very difficult. And then she had another baby quite quickly after. So by the time she was 21, she had two children. From what I know, she was almost looked down on. So everything she did was scrutinized by her mother-in-law and she found it very difficult to deal with. I don't know the ins and outs, but years and years and years passed. And my mom actually had me when she was 41. So she was well older and you would think, you know, a much older, wiser woman, but actually she says she felt very much the same, very alone and not supported. That's so sad. Yeah, she also had a cesarean. And back then I was born in 1985. So it wasn't like, a, you know, the nice neat scar yeah. they try to give you now. It was literally like a vertical cut all the way open. And then her scar burst and ruptured. Uh, it was just awful. She went for a really hard time. So she would have really benefited from someone just being there to look after her. I think sometimes just having another woman just sitting beside you and holding your head or patting mm -hmm. your shoulder and telling you you're doing fine or you're doing great yeah. would be so helpful because most of us have imposter syndrome <laughs> so we keep telling ourselves um, i'm the worst mom i'm yep. so bad I'm, i'm doing awful and actually we're not <laughs> no again where do we get this we're from? trying our best But you've mentioned something would be nice to uh, talk about it on another episode which is mothers-in-law <laughs> I don't know why they do that. <laughs> Gotta be careful what we say here. <laughs> We're both married. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. No, not all of them, but I don't know if it's a cultural thing. No, I think it's in all cultures that some some mothers-in-law love to torture <laughs> yeah. their uh, yeah. daughters-in-law. I don't, I don't get it. Why are you mm -hmm. trying to give your daughter-in-law a hard time? <laughs> I don't get it. 
Uh, it's it's really strange. I don't understand. I, you know, obviously I don't have any, you know, children in law yet, but I would love to think that I would be like really welcoming and helpful yeah. and, and lovely, especially, you know, I've had children myself. I get it. I know how hard it can be. So I really don't understand. But maybe these women didn't have someone back then. Right. 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 And now they see So they you. don't know any better. Maybe they do know, but maybe they feel like I didn't have someone to help me. Why mm -hmm. should she have someone? That's I I had to be on my own and be strong and stuff. Why doesn't she do the same now? It's just not nice. Like even on a human level, why would you want someone if even if you did struggle, why would you want someone to struggle like you did? We we'll have to dive into the mother-in-law discussion <laughs> at Someday. some point. <laughs> I don't have a mother-in-law. My mother-in-law died, so I can't. Oh, uh... subhanallah. How about your mom? What was her experience like? My mother is German. My father's mm -hmm. Egyptian. They met in America. And when she was pregnant with me, she was living with her mother-in-law. <laughs> she was living with her mother-in-law in Egypt. And my dad okay. wasn't there. Because he was back in America working. She uh, did speak a little bit Arabic. I think it was actually okay. But I imagine even if she had help after birth, cooking and cleaning and attending to the kids, I think still emotionally, I imagine it to be very hard. Yeah. I, I don't know how she was, but if I put myself in her position, being a very emotional person, not being able to speak your own language in which you express your feelings to a person you feel yeah. safe with, and that is actually the father of your children, or even her own mother, I yeah. I don't know, I imagine it being very hard. Everyone speaks of her like, like a saint, and maybe she never showed her true pain, you know? Yeah. Maybe yeah. she was that kind of person that did what she had to do. Got, and, got on with uh, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, what else could she do? nothing <laughs> that's the thing isn't it i mean it's all well and good sometimes saying you know we should reach out but sometimes some women are in situations where you know they really don't have a choice but to you know your mom was in a different country with her children and she just would have had to just push on right. as you said there was no like whatsapp she couldn't you know message your dad and say i'm in a really hard day it, it wasn't like that that option wasn't there yeah you know her just sitting down at the end of the day and just sometimes my husband tells me you're complaining about the kids every, all the time and I tell him yeah but I have to <laughs> I love <laughs> them really I love them but I have to complain to just get it off my chest yeah yeah to be able to wake up the next day and smile yeah. and be happy and, start and again. love them more but if I just shut up all the time and and never complain about the shit they sometimes do <laughs> it, it won't work i will explode yeah. it's absolutely i agree i yeah. agree i mean i think there's just a balance isn't there about being grateful but also being honest and being real like, i love yeah. my kids i love them to death but sometimes they get on my bloody nerves <laughs> and that's okay you know they're all people with their own you know traits and personalities and some clash more than right. others and you know sometimes they bicker over like oh you looked at me funny with your left eyeball. <laughs> what is this? But, you know, you have to be able to say it to someone and put it somewhere so right. that, as you said, you can wake up the next day and start again. Right, yeah. How about grandparents? Like, Do you have, you know, any memories of the older women in your family, grandmothers, etc.? My Egyptian grandma, she died uh, when I was two or three 
I don't have real memories, just, you know, that kind of memories that you get from photos and videos or you think it's your own memory, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a picture. <laughs> so okay. that's this. And yeah, my my German grandmother, uh, yeah, she was very helpful for my dad, actually, when we were little. Yeah, grandmother is a great topic to discuss here in our podcast one day, but we've already reached the end of uh, the episode today. We've, we've kept it uh, short and sweet. If you liked our first episode, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us via email or Instagram. You can find our contact information in the podcast intro. And I'd say that's it for today. Thank you so much, Natalie, for this wonderful chat. And I look forward to our next episode next month. This is the Mothering Us Mothers podcast with Sherry and Natalie. Thank you for listening. Salam. <laughs>